The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Let's just go ahead and magnify Him. Let's exalt Him, the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords. Give Him all the praise and give Him all the glory. Falling in love with Him is the best thing the best thing that I have ever done, you have ever, ever done. We give you thanks, our Father. We just worship your name. We just magnify you. We lift you up on high. We declare there is no God like unto you, O God. You dwell in majesty. You dwell in Shekinah glory. We celebrate you. Accept our thanks and our praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Dickie Neddy, for that song ministration. And I'd like to thank each and everyone that is watching right now the service from wherever platform you're watching from and from wherever, wherever time zone you are also watching in. And the Lord bless you richly in Jesus' mighty name. We appreciate you. We thank you for connecting with us. It is my prayer that God will do an amazing work in your life. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Just some quick housekeeping. There's a few things that i just like to quickly bring to our attention. I'd like us to mark our, mark our calendars. Calendars. May the 30th, May the 30th, we're going to be having a special service. Ministering is a senior pastor, the lead pastor of New Life Christian Church in Woodbridge, Ontario, Pastor Elion. Uh, it's going to be an amazing time. So I'd like you to mark it down 10 a.m. in the morning. You're going to be joining us virtually by the special grace of God. But, but it's a service you can afford to miss. So I'd like you to share the link, invite others. Let's trust God for an amazing time. And I believe that it will be an amazing time as well for every one of us in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, everyone, everyone that is watching, if you have your phone by your side, I'd like you to uh, take your phone. I'd like you to take your phone. Either you are using an Apple phone or you are using a, an, an, an Android phone. And... Just, just trust me now, but just take your phone. Can you go to, can you go to, if you're using an iPhone, can you go to the App Store? Or if you're using um, an Android phone, can you also go to the Play Store? Now, we're going to be downloading the church app. I thought you'd be, be happy and glad for that. Uh, by, by the special grace of God, um, We've been able to put together an app for the church that will be a blessing to you, which means that as, as you're on the go, you can just simply sign in, watch any service that is passed, or watch the current service. They hook up a lot of resource materials as well that you're going to find there. So but if you go to the App Store or if you go to the Google Play Store, just type in T-O-G, 
Or you can type in Trono Grace Richmond Hill. Just type in TOG. Now, better still, there's, there's a QR code. There's a QR, QR code that is up on your screen. If you just probably use your code app, you can easily take the link from there. Or otherwise, what you could do, just do, just, just go to the App Store and search for Throne of Grace. Throne of Grace. Richmond Hill. How many people have been able to find it? If you have found it and you are online, I'd like you to put yes or just put something there. Let us know you found it on the App Store and on and on. How many people have found it? If, okay. Now, just download it and you can see it's, it's a very, very, very colorful app. A very, very colorful. And I'd like to thank members of the team who have done such an amazing job. Okay, some say I already have it. Some say yes, I see it. Yes, so please download it. And after now, please, um, you can connect with us. On the profile, there's, there's a profile section of the app. In, in other words, if you, if you turn on the app, there's a three line at the top right corner or top left corner where you could create your profile. Just create your profile. Let us know about you. Give us your statistics that we can have your information in, the, in our database and we will be able to push out more information about church to you from time to time. The Lord bless you. And I, I want to believe that this will be a source of blessing to as many of us uh, as would faithfully use it. And um, on and on. And I'd like to thank all the members of the tech team, all the people who have been working tirelessly on this. And I also uh, appreciate and acknowledge uh, assistance person who also put this together. Um, it's been an amazing journey with it, and we are grateful for how far we have gone with it. There's going to be a lot of updates as we go, but please download it and then avail yourself of all the resources that is in there. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, there are one or two quick testimonies that I'd like to read out, and then um, and just in case you have testimonies, of God's goodness, God's faithfulness, I'd like you to, you could send us a WhatsApp message on 437-430-5008. You can send us a text message there, or you can send us a WhatsApp message, or better still, you can send us an email. Whatever is convenient for you, you can send us an email at info at God has done an amazing things for you, an amazing thing for you. Send us an email and we'll celebrate the goodness of God with you. One of the testimonies here, it says, I'd like to seize this opportunity to thank God for the following. A lot of things, but eight of them. Say, for the salvation of my soul, for life and wellness. He healed me and my family from COVID-19 and his variants. For success in my last exam, for answers to prayers for immigration issues, for excellent academic performance in my children's results, for establishing my business and blessing me with cleanse, for victory over every plans of the enemy. And then it says abundance of provision. May his name 
be forever praised in Jesus' mighty name. Let's just celebrate God for all of that. Let's celebrate God for all of that. Two, two more, two more testimonies. A, a, a brother who had been trusting God for a job for many years. Many years, I think in the course of, I can't remember now whether it was this week or last week, sent me a message and said, Pastor, I got a job. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, God will give you a special job in the mighty name of Jesus. Before the end of this month, God will visit you in the mighty name of Jesus. Then the last but not the least, I'd like to thank and appreciate God Almighty and thank him especially for one of the greatest women in my life, a woman in my life that today marks a special birthday in her life. 93 years today, God has been faithful. God has been merciful. And God has been kind. And I'd like to celebrate my mother-in-law, uh, Mrs. Eunice Idiado, the, the woman who, through whom God blessed me with the wonderful wife that I have. Today marks 93 years of God's goodness, of God's favor, of God's kindness, of God's preservation. And I'm eternally grateful to God for such a wonderful gem. May the Lord continue to strengthen you, man, in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Father, we lift up this morning's service unto you. And I ask the Lord in heaven as you speak to us from your word, may we not be hearers only, may we be doers. The grace to love, the power to love, the ability to love, the wisdom to walk in love, we receive that grace today in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that it will be said of throne of grace that this is an example of a loving church. May it be said of our homes that this is an example of loving homes. May it be said of our lives that these are examples of loving people in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We receive that capacity today and we receive that grace. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Praise the name of the Lord. This, we started the series this month talking about loving God and then loving others. Loving God and loving others. That is simply because this month is a month where the focus, our focus is being on love. And our text for the month, reading from the NIV version of scripture, is from 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and verse 8. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. I'd like you to mark that word. Love comes from God. It says, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. In other words, the qualification for being born of God and knowing God 
is in the love expressions we have. Our love expressions or our ability to walk and live in love is a function or dictates the fact that we know God. In other words, if we don't love, we don't know God. Verse 8 of that scripture says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Because God is love. If there's anything, friends, I, I like to stick in our minds. If there's anything that I like to be stuck with us for life. If, if there's anything you must receive or gain this month of talking about love. This is most important. Most important. Love God. Love others. You must love God. And then you must love others. That is your most important reason why you are living. To love God and to love others. The Bible says that that is where all the commandments hang. The scripture says that that is the pillar where everything resides. I, I, I like for us to look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. And I, I like the way that the message translation puts it. And I'm going to be reading from the message translation of Ephesians chapter 5. And verse 1, it says, watch what God does. <laughs> In other words, look here. Look at what God is saying. Look at what God does. It says, watch what God does. And then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Verse 2 of it, it says, in verse 2, mostly what God does is love you. You, you, you. Every one of us know that children, what children do is that children copy, they live by copying. They grow by observation. They, they learn things by watching. So a child suddenly watches the parents and then begins to do the same thing. With the parents, you know, sometimes you see children uh, uh, walking and then walking and then uh, <laughs> just praying. That's because what either they see their parents walking and praying or the like. So children basically live, grow by observation. The same way the scripture is saying to you and I, watch God. Then do what it is he lives by. He does. And it goes to this is to say that mostly God does what? He loves you. And in verse 2 of that scripture it says, keep company with him. In other words, associate with him. Become one with him. And learn a life of love. Listen friends, the life we are living is a life of love. It's a life of love. 
Love God and love others. Love God and love others. He said, live a life of love. Learn it. He said, observe how Jesus Christ loved us. What a love that he had for us. The scripture says his love was not cautious. In other words, your love should as well not be cautious. But it was extravagant. It was massive. It transcends human understanding. He said he did not love in order to get something from us. And the truth is that if you check the world today, people love because they want to get something. Some say, why must I love when he doesn't love me? Or why must I love when she doesn't love me? Why, why must I love him or love her when, when he or she is not living up to expectation? He says, dear Jesus, the kind of love that we're talking about, he said he did not love because he wanted to get something. No, but he gave him everything for, for, of himself to us. Love like that is what God demands from each and every one of us. Friends, love must be the most important factor in our lives. It must be. It must be. It must be. But, but today, by the special grace of God, I'm going to be focusing specifically on loving difficult people. And we started today, maybe we'll discuss two or three points. Then we'll, we'll see how we can wrap that up next Sunday or the like. Loving difficult people. If, if I may ask, how many people have difficult people in their lives? You have difficult people. I, think, I guess everybody will have difficult people in their lives. Either in your workplace or your neighborhood. Even amongst your family members, there are people who, who may be extremely difficult. The first family had difficult, you know, Cain, they became jealous. And the family of David, Absalom was difficult. Absalom was somebody else. Absalom was somebody else. So there are, there are, there are difficult people in our lives. Some, some, some people may call them enemies. Have you ever come across people who, they just, they just hate you? You've not done anything to them. They just hate you with a passion. They ha hate how you smile. You smile is a problem before them. You talk is a problem before them. They just hate you with a passion. And for, for, for some, there is absolutely no reason why they have hated you. The truth, friends, is that every one of us in the course of our life journey, we always meet difficult people. We will always meet them. In, the, in our offices, they're there. I used to work with a boss who was difficult. Colleagues may be difficult. In our neighborhoods, they're there. Some push the limits. Some are believers. Some are unbelievers. In the church, we find them. In our bloodlines, we find them. And they, they manifest in different forms. And I think a man of God categorized them into different D's. And he says, you will always meet demanding people. They are difficult, so they are always demanding. They are pushing the limit. They like to be on the controlling seat. When they come into the center, 
It is my way or nothing else. They are more like dictators. If you don't conform to their will or to their camp, to their purpose or to their counsel, they will, they will, they will shoot you to, they will make you align or they will bring you down. They are demanding people. What about disapproving people? They are very picky, very critical. In fact, sometimes they are Perfectionist. Perfectionist. I happen to have had one before, you know, worked with one. Sometimes as little as dotting, <coughs> dotting an eye, this guy will pick it up. Say, so you didn't dot this eye. You didn't cross this T properly. <laughs> they're perfectionists. 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 Sometimes they're even in your home. A, a, a man, for instance, or a woman, for instance, who will not just allow the wife or the husband to be, if the shoes are not in line, and you say you nag and nag and nag and say, look, can't you see that this shoe is not supposed to be here? Some are, some are just perfectionists. Sometimes they see no good in anyone. You know? What about deafening people? And this man of God classified this as megaphones of life. They are loud. They are talkatives. Some of them will talk you to a surrender. Uh, have, you, have you come across people before who, when they just begin to talk, you, you'll be saying, oh, oh God, when will this guy just keep quiet? When will this guy just keep quiet? They, they, they just like to talk and then they'll be, <laughs> their, their speech is several, <laughs> several, several kilometers per minute. You know, it will just be pumping and sometimes you, want to just, you just want to block your ears and let me just, let me just hear. <laughs> I remember, better not go into an argument with them because they will talk you to surrender. <laughs> I remember some years back, you know, I, I visited a friend, you know, somewhere in Whitby. And, uh, and I got into, I don't know how I got into this kind of conversation about Nigeria. And this guy was just talking politics. Any point you bring out, hey, this guy will knock you. Better don't just get into that conversation with him. Some like to argue. And, and, and the and in the attempt to project their opinion, they become very, very difficult. What about destructive people who are like volcanoes? Their angers erupt like no man's business. They can't control their temper. They explode. Better not cross their path because they will tongue lash you. They will give you a piece of their mind. And, and when you're saying, please, can you, keep, can you just take it easy? They say, no, 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 pastor. Let me give them a piece of my mind. There are, there are different kinds of people, friends. Some are demeaning. You greet them good morning and they look at you. They look at you from up. They look at you down. And then... They say nothing to you, but you see, their, their eyes <laughs> and their <laughs> have just said volumes. They said volumes. <laughs> you know, back in the days when we were much younger, and then so you, you, want to, you want to scorn or ridicule somebody, and then after they have, uh, you've had some, you know, back and forth talk, and the person comes around you, you, you just look at the person and say, <laughs> and I think the ladies are very good at very, 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 you know, they are, they are specialists in. 
Instead of very demeaning, some are cursy, abusive. Oh, they would abuse the living daylight out of you. For sometimes when they finish abusing you, you really wonder, am I really this person they're talking about? I had a friend told me about a meeting, you know, one of the banks in the country where I used to live. How some of the boss or superiors in that organization, when they go for a meeting and your performance is not good, they're going to cause you to resignation. And so this friend was telling me that, look, hey, <laughs> they just took on one of his friends and they started abusing, they abused him. They abused his wife and his family. They abused his parents. Demeaning. And then the guy out of frustration just wrote his letter of resignation and just left the organization. There are difficult people, friends. But, but you see, the, the truth is, these people will always be dead. Make no mistakes for those of you who are watching me online and you think you can run away from these people. Make no mistake. Jesus Christ said in the book of Luke chapter 17 and verse 1, he says offenses are inevitable. In other words, there will be people in your life that will make you, hurt you, hurt your feelings, hurt your emotions. For some of such people, there may be difficult people that will come across you. He says, make no mistakes in Luke chapter 17. He says, offenses. It's impossible that offenses should come. Impossible. So if you want to run away from them, that is not the secret. That's not the way. It's not the way out. It's not the way out. You can't run away from them because sometimes God brings them into your life for a purpose. You can't. So the question is, how do we deal with them? How do we deal with them? I'm going to probably talk about two or three, depending on how our time flows this, this, this morning, and then wrap it up from there. One of the things that we must understand in dealing with difficult people is, is, is the word of God itself. The word of God, which tells us that you don't have any option but to love. So in dealing with difficult people, make up your mind. The first thing you must make up your mind, I am going to love because I don't have any option. No option. No option. I remember some, some years back, my wife traveled and I was closing from work and I didn't want to get home and begin to look for what to eat or get them to fix something for me. And I, I just wanted something, some, something different. So I decided to stop by in Mandarin, the one in Finch and uh, Dufferin. But unfortunately, I didn't calculate the time properly. I didn't realize that it was just about time for them to close up. You know, afternoon, lunchtime, they usually close somewhere around 3-ish. So I just got in there some few minutes to three. And the guy said, hey, we are, we, we're packing up stuff. Uh, do you want to come back by five or you just want to see, look and see if you can get something to eat? I said to this guy, hey, I'm, I'm badly hungry. I'm just badly hungry. I just need to quickly take something. That's okay, go help yourself. But I apologize, you may not really find too much. So I went in there. And typically for those who have been to Mandarin, uh, the, the Chinese restaurant, there's always a buffet of different stuff. But 
because they have packed up so many things and they're about to close, they only had limited options. And I looked, and I looked, and I walked around, and I looked, and there were really no options. So I was torn between, should I go or come back? But somehow there was this, there was this hunger pants that was just on me. I was just badly hungry that day. So I decided to scoop the little of what I could find. I went to sit down. And as I was eating this, I said, ha, Kai, what kind of a head is this? <laughs> but see, I had no options. Because I, the only option that I had was to go back home and begin to think of what else I could fix or get out from the fridge. You know, my wife usually cooks, but most times for us men, God help us. <laughs> the thing is there, is, is there in the fridge the way they, they, they left it. You know, let me not go in that journey. <laughs> so, but there was no option. So listening and listening closely. When it comes to loving difficult people, you don't have an option. You don't. John chapter 13 verse 34. Jesus Christ says to you and I. These were the words of Christ. He says, a new commandment I am giving you. A new instruction. A new mandate. It is either you take it or you leave it. You must love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. And he goes further in verse 35 so, to say, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you do what? If you have love for one another. In other words, Christ was saying to you and I, that if you want heaven to be a reality for you, this is the command. This is the way. You see, most times we think that, oh, I, 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 I must I love him? Yes, you must. Because it's a command. It's an unconditional demand that God expects from you. It's not a function of your feeling. Some will say, oh, I, I, pastor, I don't feel like it. Do you know that Jesus Christ did not feel like going to the cross? He didn't feel like it. The Bible says, he said to God, he says, oh, 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 Lord, oh, my father, if, 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 if it is possible. In other words, he, this feeling did not want to go to the cross. But he said, no, not my will. Because of the father that has to keep this command, this, this expectation, this demand, I am still going to allow your will to be done. Friends, loving difficult people is not a choice. Say it to yourself, it's not a choice. It's not a choice. It's not a choice. It's not a choice. It's not an option, rather. It's not an option. It's not, it's not an option. It's something you're going to make up your mind. I am going to be invested in this. I am going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Why? Because that is what God says of you and I. He says a new commandment I give you. The question is, the word of God about love is so clear. It's so, so clear. But the question is, why, 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 can't we, why can't we walk in it? Why can't we obey it? One of the greatest reasons is because of lack of understanding. Or what I may call immaturity. Or maturity issues. Maturity issues. Maturity issues. Lack of understanding. I remember several years ago when, you know, 
when we're growing up. And most, it's come on with most, most young people. Maybe you have something uh, doing with your brother or your Joseph and your brother, you are uh, having an issue. Maybe he, your brother hit you last. And then you are hitting your brother, and then your brother hits you again, and you are hitting your brother. Now you are crying, and you are crying, and your father steps in, and your father says, stop hitting. But your brother hit you last. So you want to hit him back. And so you are waiting and looking at your dad to say, let me see if, if he's going to look away so that I can hit my brother back. You know, those such tantrums. So if your father is not looking, you hit him back and you cry again and you hit him and then he, he, too, he looks he looks around and says, is that looking, is that looking? And then because he wants to hit you back. Lack of understanding. Lack of maturity. And for many believers, the reason why we are failing to love is because we lack understanding. For many Many, I see babies who needs to grow up. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 20, it says, brethren, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 20, it says, brethren, do not be children in understanding. In other words, you've got to show understanding. God is saying love for a purpose. Show understanding. Be matured. He said, however, when it comes to malice, when it comes to envy, when it comes to showing things that are representative of lack of love, it says be children. But in understanding, be matured. Listen, friends, having enough Bible knowledge does not equate maturity. Oh, you may have gone to seminary college, you may have gone to Bible school, you may have been 10 years, 20 years a believer, but that does not make you matured. Is the product of love that you express that shows your maturity. How do you apply the word of God that shows your maturity? Many of us are zealous for God, but does not show maturity. Does not show. Oh, many of us can show so much sacrifice. You can sacrifice anything. But friends, it does not show maturity. In fact, the Bible says if I have a lot of faith, that can move mountains. But he say, if I have no love, he say, I am nothing. Nothing. Our will to obey God, friends, must override our emotions. The reason why many people can't obey is because they're emotional about it. Our feelings get in the way. Our feelings get in the way. Oh, pastor, you don't know what he did to me. Oh, 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 you don't just know. If, if you understand where I've been coming from, you wouldn't be telling me to love. Understand where you're coming from. And understand where you should be going to. Friends, it's as serious as the price of making heaven. It's as serious as that. And there are two categories of people, for instance, who are listening or watching this service right now. Two of us, two people, I mean, each, everyone falls into either of this category. The first category are people who are servants to their feelings. You're servant to your emotion. So you have made up your mind, I'm not going to love because of what he did or what she did to me. So the emotion rules you. The feelings moves, rules you. 
You quick to react because of the things that have been done to you. You know what the Bible calls such people? The Bible calls such people carnal Christians. It's not me that calls it so. It's the Bible. In fact, Paul writing in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. Say, for you are still carnal. In other words, you are immature. <laughs> for where there is there are envy, there are strife, there are division among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like ordinary men? <laughs> are you not carnal? So every time, friends, you are quick to react because people say something to you. You are carnal. That's what scripture says. You are immature. You are ruled by your feelings. Oh, every time you want to give a piece of your mind. Let me, let me just give them. Let me just give him. Let me just let him or let her know that, okay, uh, 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 you, just, you just can't talk to me anyhow. Oh, I, I just can't, I can't, hide, I can't hide my emotions. I can't hide it. I got to let it snap out. Friends, see maturity. That's what the Bible says. See maturity. And the second category of people are people who are able to control their feelings. They're able to enslave their emotions. They, they do so because they understand what the word of God says. And they have made up their mind. I will rather obey God, subject my will, my emotions to the counsels and the purposes of God. They are hot, but they are saying, I will forgive. They are pained, but they are saying, I will show love. They are abused and cursed, but they are saying, no, I will rather bless they are saying, I can do all things. Friends, listening and listening closely. Your love for God must be so passionate that that interest and love must make you look, put away everything. Because heaven is more important. Do you know that this equation, issue of love may stop some people from going to heaven? It's as important as that. It's as, it's, it's as important as that. That is why, friends, there's nothing anyone should do to me or can do to me that will make me say I'm not going to love. Why? It's not an option. Heaven is more real. Heaven is more important. Oh, it may be painful, but I, I like to say like Christ, not my will, but Lord, your will be done. Not my will. Friends, you can love. You can love that unlovable person. You can love that colleague at work. That boss who is so demanding. You can love that friend who is destructive and demeaning. You can love that spouse. You can't. You can't. The Bible says of Jesus Christ, the same love he had for you and I, the scripture says he was despised. He was rejected. He was insulted. He was betrayed. They denied him. They abused him. And, you know, every time I think about what he did and the processes he went through, and I look at my own life and what I have gone through, I say I have not even gone near any bit of it. No, none of us have gone near, near any bit of it. This was God himself. Who had the power to recreate other people, you know, to just do his will. And they were, they were abusing him. 
On the cross, say, come down and heal yourself. Do this and do that. Yet the Bible says he did nothing. And he was saying, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. Friends, if this God could do the same for you, why can't you extend the same to others? Why can't you extend the same? Friends, you can love. That is the point. You can love because it's not an option. It's not an option. Yes, they may have offended you for years. But the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ. In other words, declare it. I can do it. I can do it. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice right now, declare it. I can love. I can love. I can love that demanding person. I can love that demeaning personality. I can love that destructive personality. I can love. I receive grace to love. In the mighty name of Jesus. My prayer is that God will give you that grace. In the mighty name of Jesus. May God give you that grace. In the mighty name of Jesus. The second point that I like to emphasize. Of dealing with difficult people. Is that you must understand. That the ability to love. Comes from God. True love comes from God. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. True love comes from God. In the first John chapter 4 verse 7 that we read earlier on, it says, for love comes from God. Love comes from God. Agape love comes from God. In fact, I, I believe that there's no dimension of love we can fully express if we don't receive it from God. I talk about stoge, which is, you know, the familiar love, the love expressed between siblings. The fondness. It comes from God. It comes from God. It comes from God. You can't effectively love your brother or your sister. Oh, because brothers piss, can, your brother can piss you off. You can't. Your brother can't. Your brother can't. Can. The brother can, your brother can Fight with you. I know brothers that are, are loggerheads. Just in case you have a brother, you have a sibling, a blood brother, a blood sister, who you, you can't see yourself eye to eye. What you need is the love of God. You need the love of God. Because this love comes from above. It comes from above. What about the filial love, the love between friends? We see people who were friends before and suddenly they become enemies tomorrow. And you check down the line, you can't really see anything serious, anything major. That is because every one of us, we don't have that capacity to love. But that, that capacity comes when we receive it from God. What about romantic love, the eros? There are many husbands and many wives who by the time they were getting married, they were all over the place singing all the good songs, you know, and then saying all the nice words. But today they can't see themselves eye to eye. Every aspect of love, friends, every aspect of love, you can receive it. I can receive it from God. Now, if, if, if it is difficult to love a blood relation, it's difficult to love a friend, it's difficult to love your spouse. How easy is it to love your enemy? <laughs> How easy? 
That is what the Bible says. Luke chapter 6. Time is not going to permit us, but if you, if you, I'd like you to read when you get back home from verse 27 <coughs> to verse 35 or 36. He, 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 this God, Jesus, began to say to you and I from that place, it says, but you, verse 27 of Luke chapter 6, it says, but to you who are willing to listen, in other words, some people are not going to listen, but for you who are willing to listen, who prize the kingdom of heaven, who hold dearly the fact that they want to make heaven, you must be willing to list it. He said, I say to you, love your enemies. Luke 6 and 27. He says, love your enemies. Love your enemies. He says, bless those who curse you. And pray for those who hurt you or hate you. He said, bless those. I don't know. I don't know how many, many people see that in your. Is that in your Bible? Is that is that really in your scripture? Check it out. Love those who hate you. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Really? Do good to those who hate you. How can you say I should do good to those who hate me? They want to stab me in the back. Why shouldn't I stab them back first? The, the natural law of self, self-survival is that if you know somebody hates you, the first thing you want to do is to stab the person so that he doesn't get you. That's the first thing. He wants to give you an uppercut. First look for a good cut somewhere and they just give him or give her, you know, and say, look, hey, next time he won't try you. You know, and some will say, you know, the Bible says an eye for an eye, God no good verse. <laughs> you know, the Lord won't be angry. But it says, bless those who curse you. This is a high standard. And friends, for you to be able to keep to these standards, it has to come from somewhere. It has to come from somewhere. If you go down the passage of scripture, you realize the things he begins to say in verse 35. It says, it says, it says in verse 35, going down, it says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Learn to them without expecting to be repaid. He says, then your reward, I like this. He says, your reward from heaven will be very great. In other words, friends, everyone listening to the sound of my voice, if you want your reward in heaven to be very great, this is the principle. He says, do what? He says, love your enemies. What kind of reward are you expecting? A great reward? Love your enemies. A great reward? Do good to them. A great reward? That is what the scripture says. It says, you are truly acting as the children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and those who are wicked. It's kind to everyone. And if you go down that same scripture in verse 36, it says, be merciful. Be merciful. In other words, you see, when you talk about mercy, somebody does not deserve it. I think some translation puts it to say, be merciful. As your heavenly father is merciful. When he talks about compassion, it just means that the person does not deserve it. In other words, he's not deserving of it, but do what? Show it to him. Show it to her. How can I love? Friends, you can love because it is something that comes from above. Something that comes from above. 
And friends, you can love your enemies because the Bible tells me that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. You can experience this type of love. The love that is from above. It is shed abroad. In other words, it's been poured out to you and I. You want to love? Ask the great lover to pour this love into you. He can pour it. He can pour it. And that is why he says pursue it. That is why he says go after it. Why? Because he can give it to you and I. He can give it to you and I. He can give it to you and I. God is looking forward to a time where you and I will become men and women filled with love, poured with love, so that we are manifesting and radiating the same love which he has baptized, poured out upon us like measures beyond measure. Friends, you can love again. And that love comes from the Holy Spirit. Which means being born again is not just sufficient to, you know, lift up your hand and say, look, hey, I give my life to Jesus as the Lord and my Savior. I confess you as Lord and Savior. But there are vital things of life that you need to ask for. You're going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with dimensions of love never known before. And it goes beyond, it now begins to tell you and I that love is a fruit of the Spirit. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. And it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says the fruit of the Spirit, these are the fruits. And it began to mention, the first one he mentioned there is love. It means, friends, if you want love, to love your neighbor, to love your friends, to love your enemies, you got to be, do, you got to be what? Closer to the Holy Spirit. That's what it means. A fruit is an expression of what you carry inside. The more of the Holy Spirit in you, the more you express him. The less of the Holy Spirit in you, the less you express him. If you have a full measure of the Spirit of God in you, you know what happens? You are going to express love as a measure. So you must be connected to him. Because it is from him that the spirit, that, that love comes. It's from him that love comes. It's from him that the expressions of love comes. It's from him that the capacity to love comes. Friend, ask the Holy Spirit. Let him flood your heart with love. Dimensions of love never known before. Never known before. Never known before. Somebody says, oh, but this is, this is difficult. I can't really love. You know what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26? It says, likewise, the Spirit himself helps our weakness. So if you feel you, you are weak in this area, it says the Spirit himself helps our weakness. He helps our weakness. He helps our infirmity. In other words, you can draw strength from him. You can draw strength from him. Listen, friends. The Spirit of God is what changes men. That's what changes men. The Spirit of God is what changes people. The Spirit of God is what changes lives. The Spirit of God is what bets love in us. And before you begin to pray that God should give somebody love, start with yourself. Yes. Sometimes it may not be the person that God needs to change. It may be you. 
that God needs to change. <coughs> Maybe you. The Bible talks of Samuel. The Bible says that Samuel was an ordinary man. Sorry, Saul, rather. Saul was an ordinary man. The king Saul, the first king of Israel. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10. And then he came to Samuel one day when his father's sheep was lost. And he was looking for the sheep. And by providence, by divine connection, he came to the prophet called Samuel. And then Samuel said to him in verse 6, he says, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you'll be turned into another man. Every time I read this scripture, I say to myself, there is nothing, there's no kind of personality that God cannot turn me into. Good personalities. So every shortcoming in my life, he can turn me into another man. Every weakness in my life, he can turn me into another man. Every void in my life, he can turn me into another man. The Bible says that the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. He said, and you'll be turned into another man. Someone hearing the sound of my voice, are you irritable? Do you have a short fuse? Is anger your issues? Do you have less capacity to love? When you are with people, do you come to a place where it becomes so difficult for you? Are you struggling with loving people? God can turn you into another man before you pray for someone else. Tell God to turn you. 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 You know, some, so some years ago, I was asking God, Lord, please, I need, I need to be more patient. <laughs> you know, every time we ask God to help us with the fruit of the Spirit, or attributes, characters of the Spirit, characters that would like to ref be reflected in our lives, you know what God does? God sends us difficult people. <laughs> so I was saying to God, look, I want to be more patient. I want to be more patient. And ironically, during that season in my life that I was making, asking God for this, I was meeting difficult people that would stretch my patient limit. They would stretch my patient limit. And I want to blow my fuse, but something, something will say, you are praying to be more patient. You are praying to be more patient. You are praying to be more patient. But I knew I was going through a test. I knew I was going through a process. So the more I wanted to be patient, the more I said to God, Lord, give me that capacity. Someone hearing the sound of my voice, you want to love? God is going to send difficult people your way. That will test your capacity to love. That will test you whether you can hold your tongue if they abuse you. That will test you whether you can hold your peace if they say demeaning things about you. That will test you whether you can hold your peace or forgive when they backbite and spread rumors and lies about you. But the more you can straight to God, Lord, help me and give me the capacity. You know, God builds bulwarks, strength around you. So at the end of the day, when you come through that season, you realize that you have become stronger. May God give you that capacity today. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Spirit of God not only changes us, and I think I'll just digress a little bit. The Spirit of God gives us wisdom and good understanding to relate. I like this a lot. I like this a lot. I like this a lot because down in my work career, in my work days, and for many people who work in an establishment, 
you know that most establishments are they, you have what they call the pull them down syndrome or pull me down syndrome. I think for those of us who were in leadership 101 yesterday, it talks about the crab mentality. And somebody was describing, you know, when you put a set of crabs, you know, different kind of crabs into a container. And then one of the crabs want to climb up to get out of the container. Then the other one will say, hey, where are you going to? Where are you going? And he will drag, <laughs> he will drag that one down. And then another one wants to climb up, to, you know, to get out, climb up, and then become somebody better in life. Then the other crab said, no, you can't get out of here. You can't get out. And then he will drag that one down. That's what they call the crab mentality. And in organizations, you find them. So don't be surprised if somebody snitching around you, spreading bad reports. Why? They are envious. They just feel that your boss, the boss likes you more. So they're going to spread some bad news, some bad report about you. But see, there's a wisdom and understanding that God gives that helps you to navigate through the minds, the minds of the workplace, the dangerous terrains of the workplace, so that at the end of the day, rather than being pulled down, you, they, you are flying. Being, rather than being pulled down, you are flying. They say things about you, but it doesn't, it doesn't touch off on you. Why? Because there's a wisdom that God gives. There's a wisdom that the Spirit of God gives. And everyone listening to the sound of my voice, there's a wisdom to relate with your boss. There's good understanding to relate with your wife or your husband. Oh, he may be difficult. He may be stubborn. He may be crude. He may be harsh. He may be wicked. I have never seen a description of a, a man in, in scripture like I see in the book of 1 Samuel. Now, all of you who are married, I'd like you to pay close attention here. Because some of you will say, ah, you don't know the kind of woman I married, or you don't know the kind of man that I married. You don't know. But look at the story of Nabon in the, in the book of 1 Samuel. A, a very interesting story. The description of this man is in, in verse 25, or chapter 25 of verse 3. Look at how this man is described. He says, the man's name was Nabon. And his wife's name was Abigail. This woman was good, had good understanding and beautiful. How can a woman with good understanding and beautiful? But look at the man he married. The man was rough. <laughs> the man was rough. The man was harsh. Not only was he harsh, the Bible, the Bible says he was evil. <laughs> he was evil. But how did this woman manage to marry a man who was rough, who was evil, who was harsh? There was a wisdom she carried. But the Bible says there, good understanding. Listen, friends, everyone hearing the sound of my voice, there's a wisdom required to deal with your spouse. There's, a, there's good understanding required. Don't act in the flesh. The, many times the reason why we are experiencing the kind of challenge many of us are experiencing is because we're acting in the flesh. Oh, how dare you talk to me like that? Who are you, by the way? Who are you that they can't talk to? Who are you they can't talk to? Are you neighbor? 
They talked to Nabal. David sent sent message to Nabal. He said, hey, we've been taking care of your sheep. Can you give up? He said, who are you, David? Who are you? I don't like people who run away from the masters. <laughs> it looks like what somebody would, you know, rough ride. Up. Many of us, you know, many of us would give rough ride. How dare you talk to me like that? <laughs> but look at this woman. Look at this woman. The Bible says that this woman heard about it. He didn't go and meet Nabal and say to Nabal, Nabal, you're just a stupid man. You're a stupid man. The Bible says he ran after David. There's a wisdom, friends, that, that can disarm anyone. There's a wisdom. There's a good understanding. And may God give you that wisdom. May God give you that good understanding. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every time I read this woman's story, it, it, pavels, it marvels me. It changes my understanding. It changes my concept about things. Listen, friends, there's the wisdom as to when to speak and when not to speak. You want to deal with people who are tough? Learn the wisdom. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 7, it says there's a time to keep silent. There's a time to speak. It's a time to keep silent. I think I've told us the story here before. You know, a, a woman and a, a couple went to meet a man, a wise one, and said, sir, myself and my, my wife are always quarreling, always quarreling. And every time we quarrel, it just gets out of shape. And out of hand and on and on. And it's a wise one. And they said that you are very good in skilled in giving, you know, some prescriptions and medications that can help us. So the wise one said, okay, hold on. And went into the inner chambers. Brought out a bottle containing some liquid. Plain liquid. And then he gave the woman and said, look, every time the quarrel starts, just take the liquid. Make sure the liquid does not drop. Put enough in your mouth. Make sure you don't let it spill. One drop of that liquid must not spill. Now, one drop must not spill. Keep the liquid in your mouth. After your husband is quiet and he's not saying anything anymore, go and spit out the liquid. So, every time a storm comes up in the home, the woman quickly dashes under the bed where he kept the, the, you know, the bottle. And then takes the bottle, opens it, and then quickly puts a little in her mouth. And then holds it in her mouth. The, the man will be saying all sorts. The woman will be fuming inside. But because the wise one has said, don't let the liquid spill. So we will be spilling. And then they will just hold the liquid in her mouth. And then suddenly, uh, realize that, hey, after a while, the man... Because the woman was not responding because of the liquid in her mouth, the, the man will keep quiet. Because you can't keep talking and talking and talking. Nobody's answering you back. And if to just quench, the easiest way to quench a fire in the house is to shut up. So when the liquid finished, the, the woman went back to the man and her wife was said, thank you very much for this little wonderful medication that you gave to us. You see, since the day that you gave us this medication, things have just been smooth. Anytime my husband begins to talk, and I, I just take the liquid. After a while, I just the man just keeps quiet, and everything just goes down. And then after I spill it, spill it out, we just make up, and it's just been so wonderful. Please, can you give me some more? 
And the wise one looked at her and said to her, go and learn how to keep your mouth shut. The liquid I gave you was ordinary water. But the moral of the story or the moral of the medication is that if you can padlock or keep your mouth shut, there's no mad person that continuously continues talking to somebody and the person is not responding and will keep talking. And friends, the truth is, the Bible says there's a time to keep quiet and there's a time to speak. If you look at this woman called Abigail, she understood this principle. She understood it very well. And the Bible says that this woman went to meet David and it, if, if, if our time is not going to permit me probably to, to talk about it, maybe I will digress there a little bit, I don't know yet. But you see, the, the scripture says that upon everything that happened between he, her and David, he came back home and he realized that the man was busy enjoying drinking and doing all sorts. This woman said nothing to this man. He kept quiet, said nothing. Until the following day when the man was calm, quiet, peaceful. That's when he was able to say something. Friends, if we can learn how to speak, it will make a whole world of difference. Whole world of difference. Whole world of difference. A whole world of difference. I just close with this. Close with this. There's a wisdom. There's a wisdom. There's a wisdom that can change our lives. Like it's wisdom that can transform us. Why not ask God for that wisdom? Why not ask God for that wisdom? It's a tremendous, impactful wisdom. Some people may say, oh, 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 but if I say it this way, are, are you sure that I, I won't be, it's not lies I'm saying? Oh, let me say it the way it is. Let me speak the truth from my heart. Look at the woman, you know, the, this, I don't know, this, this uh, for many of you who are watching me, go and read the story of Abigail. Go and read the story of Abigail. In the book of 1 King, for me, 1 Samuel chapter 25, from verse 24 to 31. Look at her story. There's so many things that woman did. David was mad. In this case, David would have wiped everybody out. But when this woman came before David in verse 25, the Bible tells me of chapter, chapter 25, verse 25, the Bible tells me that this woman fell before David and said, please accept my fault. It wasn't the woman that offended. The woman was not even there at that time. Why will he not arrogate the fault? Why will he accept the fault? Why will he accept the blame? Listen, friends, for someone hearing the sound of my voice, you may need to take the fault or take the blame to cool the temperature in your home. You may need to. You may need to. But my prayers are God will help us to love. My prayers are God will help us to love. My prayers are God will help us to love. Love him and love others. Love him and love difficult people. Friends, Let's take this seriously. Let's take this seriously. I close with this. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. It says, don't pick up on people. Some translation says, judge not. But I think this is either the message translation says, don't pick up on people. Don't jump on their failures. Don't criticize their faults. 
Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't pick up on people. Job on their failures. Or criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. Many of us, and I, uh, every one of us in one form or the other, you know, you know how it is. I remember some years back, you know, somebody did something to me and had problems. Say, oh, that serves him right. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people. You will find life a lot easier. Friends, God can help you to love. God can help you to love. Don't fight. Love. Don't judge. Love. Don't pick up on people. Love. Don't jump on people's failures. But what? Love. Don't criticize people's faults. But do what? Love. Don't condemn. But do what? Love. Make up your mind. I am going to love. The Bible says that love conquers everything. Everyone listening to the sound of my voice, you can love. You can love that unlovable person. Maybe you have made up your mind, I can, I can never love. No, switch it back because you don't have any option. If you want to make heaven, you don't have any op no other option. Make up your mind that you're going to love. I am believing God that out of throne of grace, it will be said of us, this will be a church that loves with an exception, an example of a loving church. I am believing God that for your home, it will be an example of a loving home. You're a husband, you can love your spouse, you can love your wife with a passion, like Christ loved. You can love. Your wife, you can love again. You can love again. You are in church, the actually church, commit to loving people in your church. At work, commit to loving people and saying to yourself and saying to God, Lord, I will love and I will love and I will love and I will love and I will love. In the mighty name of Jesus. Friends, the truth is, you can't love others unless you experience the love of God. So maybe you're hearing the sound of my voice right now and Jesus is not the love, Lord of your life. You've not received this love. There is no way you can love effectively. For you to be able to express or give love, you need to be able to receive his love. That the only way is to experience the love of God. Will you say right now, Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to love. Help me to love. You've shared your love abroad in my heart. That's what your word says. Help me to love. Help me to love. If you have not known Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of your life, friends, that is a starting point. And I'd like you to send us a message on four Send us an SMS or WhatsApp message on 437-990-5008. Or send us an email at info at Trono Grace Canada. Tell us about your salvation experience. You, you want to love this God more. You want to be able to love people in your life. You choose to love. You choose chosen to love.
just in case you want to give your life to Christ, I'd like to pray for you. Father, for everyone who is making up their minds today to love you more, to experience and express this love that you shared, I ask that God you will visit their lives today in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask that God in heaven you fill their lives with love. You give them the capacity to love much more in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, our Father. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Now for the rest of us, we're going to take a song after that. I'd like you to take one or two prayer points and then we'll wrap up. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.